Welcome to From the Medium, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we're not where we are concerned, in fact, with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but to awaken the conscience of those who are neutral or perhaps even indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of our times, the pro-life movement. You're listening to us on AM 1220 The Word or 1440 The Word. You can also listen to us every evening at whkwradio.com. And you can listen to us on iHeartRadio by choosing 1220 The Word. And the programs are available for download. You can go to our website, fromthemedian.org, and click on Past Programs button on the right-hand side of the page. And I am, in fact, not Molly Smith. I am James Maletti. Molly Smith is on assignment, and uh, I will be filling in for her tonight and tomorrow. And it's a real blessing to be considered for this opportunity. Molly does such a fabulous job. They're big shoes to fill, that's for sure. Um, I play in a uh, Christian band called The Sunrise and um, have played at Molly's pro-life rally that she puts on in March and have been a guest on her show a few times. And she has tapped me for the fill-in job as host. And like I say, she does such a great job. It's big shoes to fill. But today on the show, we're here with Sophia Masick, and uh, she is a student at Thomas Aquinas College and a member of Crossroads Pro-Life. Sophia, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Hello, James. Hi, it's very good to have you on the show. It's a blessing to talk with you. And I'm going to ask you to get into some of your background. Um, you're going to offer an update on pro-life youth activities and how youth in the pro-life movement can make a difference. And if you can give us a little background, um, Sophia, about the Crossroads Pro-Life Organization, that would be fabulous. Sure. Crossroads Pro-Life is a nonprofit Catholic organization. It was started in response to Pope John Paul II's call in 1993 to get the youth of the world to go out into the streets and proclaim the gospel of life and Christ. It was started by a Steubenville graduate in 1995. All right, very good. And you're a member of that organization. You attend Thomas Aquinas College. Does the Crowlife, the Crossroads Pro-Life Organization across a bunch of different colleges? Um, the Crossroads Pro-Life Organization is aimed at college students, but it's open for people up to about 30. What we try to do is we try to bring, like I said, bring the gospel of life to the streets. So we do this actually by walking across America. Okay. And how long has this been going on? You said since 1995? Yeah, since 1995. The first Crossroads Organization was started by a group of college students that decided they wanted to answer John Paul II's call. Um, and so that it was actually started by writing with Sharpie on white T-shirts, pro-life, and just they just would walk out in the streets. And how were they received? They were received with many different, in many different ways. Usually we see a variety of reception, but the best is people waving, mostly as positive. I've been out and out on the streets walking, and I would say the positive aspect always goes over the negative aspect. Whether it's people waving or honking, sometimes we have people stop and give us water or just stop and ask what we're out there doing. Well, I think I read on a website or something that you stop at uh, these abortion mills and, and 
prey out in front of them. Is that, do you plan to make those stops on your walk? Yeah, when we set up our route, um, we stop in major cities on the weekends. So we stop and pray at the abortion mills. Sometimes we hit five in a day, depending on where we are and what cities we're in. Wow. Um, and we'll spread out depending on the times, but we'll also try to get other pro-life organizations there at the same time to unify the pro-life movement. So how many people are a part of Crossroads Pro-Life, would you say? Actually, I'm not sure. It's been going on since 1995, and we have over 40 students each year participating in it. And that's not including the international walks. So how many people are on the road walking when you do these walks? Usually it's between three and five, but we have shifts. We take it as shifts, so not every person walks the entire way across the U.S., but each person participates in going all the way across. From where to where? So we have three different routes in the U.S. One, the central route starts in San Francisco and ends in Washington, D.C. They all start on the West Coast, so Seattle, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, and they all end in Washington, D.C. It's a 12-week period, and you have about 12 students who walk all the way across, and then some people who jump in for different periods of maybe a week or a month. And when does it occur? It starts August. It starts um, May 18th and ends in August on August 10th in the U.S. Huh? Is it? Wh- do you get a lot of media attention while you're out on the road? Yeah, we get a j- good amount. Um, usually by Catholic radios, but sometimes we get newspapers who are people will stop and just ask us, "What are you doing? What are you here for?" Um, I know at least some teammates of mine were in the mall and got some media from that because we all wear our. While we're walking, we all wear neon yellow um, shirts with a bold print of pro-life on the front. Um, and then during the weekends, we wear white ones that say pro-life. Where do you, st- so, where do you stay when you're on, walking this long? Well, we have two different vehicles. We have a support van and um, we have um, a sleeping vehicle. So um, you stay at RV parks generally during the week. And then on the weekends, we get host families, so you usually get to stay in a house on the weekends. But like I said, there's, there were a lot of people on my walk. I had about 14, so the RV was very squished. I did a lot of just sleeping under the stars with my sleeping bag. How much of the day are you walking? How many hours you walk, do you walk every day? Um, you walk usually from sunrise to sunset. They used to walk a night shift as well, um, but due to an accident last year, um, they cut that out and were just walking during the day. We're, we're very visible. Yeah, I don't want to get into it yet, but I can't wait to hear some stories from the road. But not yet. Don't, okay. Don't say that yet. Right now I want to know, when you, you map this out and you said really interestingly, you stop sometimes at five abortion mills a day. Yeah. Um, that's, that's fabulous. I'm so glad and proud of you that you do that. How are you received when you guys come marching up to these abortion mills? Um, it really depends where you are and what kind of abortion clinic it is. We've been at everything from where it's, a, it's actually in a multi-building, so you have to stand outside the multi-building, and a lot of people don't know what you're there for. Um, and then if that's the case, usually the abortion workers don't even see you. But on the other hand, we've also been in places where one abortion mill I was at, they had signs um, actually attacking the people on the sidewalks, and then they had an audio playing um, that was just really crude um, and not only about the people on the sidewalk, but also about the mothers. And it was just 
it was very offensive and very out front of this is what we stand for. We are the culture of death. Um, and they were very clear to where they, where they stood and that they didn't like you. Um, for instance, one of the things we had was um, they, one of the tactics is put up sprinklers, motion-activated sprinklers that are like jet streams. You're kidding. You, nope. They, they do that. Um, people call the city to complain about it because the water goes right out on the street. Usually the city will drive by and say, oh, it's fine. Um, but just having jet streams, so if you stand on their sidewalk, you get powered by these water streams. I, yeah, I'm amazed by this. You're kidding me. How? And nope. w- w- tell me more about what this tape thing is that they're they're running. This is fascinating. Um, it was actually I was told that it was the doctor of the abortion clinic. Um, where was and it? He. I, it was in Reno, in Utah. Right. And um, he recorded this. Um, tape that was just one, it was very, it was blasphemous against the Catholic Church. And then there were things that were super crude that worth talking about. The pro-lifers are people you wouldn't even want to get pregnant and just in much, much more crude terms. Um, but it was very trying on just standing there and listening to that because it was blasting. Is and my, it, my this- like shock to that was just that there are girls going into this place because they're looking for help here. Sure. Is this always playing, or does he, does he only turn it on when he sees you or who, protesters, anybody outside the clinic? Um, that he only turns on when he sees protesters outside the clinic. Um, the signs, again, they were blasphemy against the Catholic Church, and then just really um, just objectionable things about people on the sidewalk, saying these are the kind of people you are. Um, so, like, signs where they'd have, um, a lot of times you'll see, Honk if you disagree with abortion, like pro-lifers holding that. So they had a big sign saying, honk if you believe in abortion. You're um, kidding and, me. I had no idea. Yeah, so they had ways of sort of taking the general public, and even if the general public was in support of what you were doing, it was hard for them to show it. Yeah. How do you know the laws that you're allowed, if you're going from city to city and even sometimes state to state, how do you know what you're allowed to do outside these abortion mills? Generally, what we just do is we just stand there and pray. Um, sometimes we have sidewalk counselors, but for the most part, it's pretty basic. Um, and then we usually have a crossroads personnel who's in charge and knows the laws a little bit better. Sophia, I'm going to revisit this when we come back from the break. But um, we're here with Sophia Masick on WHKW, and we'll be right back after these words. We're back with Sophia Masick on WHKW, The Word, or 1440 The Word. I am your fill-in host for Molly Smith, James Maletti. I play in the Christian band, The Sunrise. And if you want to check our website out for our band, please do that. I encourage you to see uh, some of the videos we just made, too. They're pretty good and interesting, in my humble opinion. Uh, www.thesunrisemusic.com. But we're back here with Sophia Masick, a student at Thomas Aquinas College and a member of the Crossroads Pro-Life Organization. And before the break, we were talking about how, Sophia, how you knew and how you do know the the rules of the road when you're going on your marches across the country um, and you hit these abortion mills, these bloody abortion mills. How do you know, 
uh, revisit and continue your thought on, on, on the legalities of what you can do and, you know, where to stand and how to react to these things that these people do. Um, as a basic cover over for Crossroads Pro-Life, at least, you're not supposed to hold signs, and that's just a organization rule. Um, but that's because the shirts you are wearing literally have as big as they can have on those shirts are the words pro-life. Um, so they take that as their sign, um, unless you're um, sidewalk counseling, in which case they ask you not to wear those, short sh- the, those shirts to be really receptive to the mothers. Um, but usually throughout, there's ba- generally there's basic rules that you follow, and then you always have with you or at least we always had with us a crossroads personnel who knew the rules and knew what was going on a little bit better. And then you're always getting updates from the crossroads organization. Has anyone that you've been involved with ever gone to jail? Um, I think they have had a couple circumstances, at least where the police show up, but nobody has ever gotten um, impeached or anything like that. They, they have lawyers that back them up. They've got a bunch of, people involved in that well christians are supposed to be bold as lions so you guys are fabulous i'm really proud of you guys what is the average age of of the crossroads pro-life people are is what on my particular walk we had a lot of 20 year olds this year um but you have to be 18 unless you have parental permission um but we've had 17 year olds walk and all the way up to like 29 year olds 30 year olds um but generally it's the college-age students coming in. That's where you get your bulk of people from. Okay. Uh, and when you're on your walks, do you have organization? Is there? Uh, is it willy-nilly, or is it super organized? Um, it's very organized, although you do come into things like you walk on secondary highways, and if a highway is closed, then you have to figure out your way around that. Or so you... It's not... <laughs> It's, it's only, the plan you set out is only for the fact that you have to be in those particular cities on particular weekends. Mm-hmm. Besides that, it just depends on how far you walk a day um, to where you're actually going to be. When you're in front of the abortion mills, have you seen any mothers turn away and by that fact saved any children? Have you seen that personally? Yes, I have seen that actually. Um, we had one case of that this summer and we were in Kansas City at the time and one of my teammates... For her 21st birthday, she asked if she could spend 21 consecutive hours outside of an abortion mill. Wow. Um, That's what she wanted to do, and that was really amazing. So everybody on the team took turns with her, staying with her for a few hours um, and staying there in front of that abortion mill praying. Um, Also with us were some counselors from the area, um, and they said they were getting responses from so many people that they'd never gotten before there from there. It was amazing to see. Um, but actually, one of those um, times when a, a man and a woman were going inside the abortion mill, the counselors tried to talk to them. They were pretty like, we don't need your help. They came out five minutes later and said, we decided not to have the abortion. And then they asked for directions to the nearest pregnancy center, and they went and saw their baby. That is so fabulous. That is so encouraging. First of all, it's really encouraging that you're telling me this story. Second of all, that the, of what's happened. But second of all, the fact that there are 20-year-olds in this world out there spending their birthday, their birthday wish is spending time out in front of an abortion mill saving babies and helping mothers. That is so fabulous and so encouraging. I look at the, 
you know, sometimes uh, older people will look at the youth and say, holy cow, we are lost. We are doomed. This is the end of the road. There's not much time left. And when you hear this, it just it warms my heart. It's just fabulous. Sophia, you are doing fabulous and all your people are doing great. This is such good news. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, it was just as much as a surprise to see all of these people willing to spend their summers when it was just volunteer work, willing to volunteer their summers to go do this, because a lot of times you do feel alone working in this movement. Right. But that's one of our goals is to make sure we get those pro-life groups together, we get those people being active, and we stand out there and start the, start the process. Well, it's so discouraging because these the enemies of God are so mean. They are so brutal and mean and belittling and mocking. It's a, it's a disaster. And then... Now, Sophia, I'm going to have to ask you, when you, did you see recently the Pope's comments that he made about uh, homosexuality and, and abortion and spending too much time? Did you see those comments? I've definitely seen some of those comments, but I've also seen them out of context. So I don't know exactly what has happened there yeah, in that area. He gave a long interview, and I do know that a lot of that stuff was taken out of context. Uh, you're exactly right, but I'm bringing that up because when you say it's demoralizing... If you're, if you even have to deal with that from the side of the Pope, that's just can't be easy. Yeah, I'm. It's it's a fight all the way. You just, I mean, everybody has something that's close to their heart, and it's close to their heart for a reason. Um, and if that thing is really worth being there where it is near your heart, then it's worth fighting for. And people don't realize that in this day's culture, they just really don't. Um, and for me, that's so important that if I see something that is that important to me, then I better go do something about it, because otherwise I'm being false to my own self. Absolutely. Good men don't let evil go unchecked. Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> Very good. Now, I asked in the first segment about uh, some stories, and you've given us some stories already, but what's the worst thing that's happened to you through this organization, from maybe on one of these marches? Um, I guess the worst thing is is getting those negative responses in a lot of ways because um, they're really they're really hard to take in the moment, um, especially when you go so much out of your way to put your all into this and to be out there for those people that when you get negative responses, it's just really hard. But I think that's actually some of the greatest things that come out of it as well. Um, for instance, um, one time I was walking, and it was actually on my birthday, I decided to walk the entire day because I just wanted to do that. Um, and in the morning, we had a woman who who came out, and she was driving. It was probably like a 45-mile-an-hour road, um, and she actually took her soda, like a 44-ounce soda, and chucked it at me. And I was a little bit offended by that. I was like, that's hard. Like, somebody cares so much to go and actually throw that at you. Um, on the other hand, right after that, my entire group prayed a rosary for that lady and prayed for the conversion of her soul and just that she may find peace with herself. Because obviously there was something not right there. And we don't know what it was because we didn't talk to her. We didn't experience what was going on. Um, but after that, we just saw so many compliments, people waving and honking at us and so many smiles on people's faces that you really saw God's grace through that. So in a lot of ways, hardship brings about the best parts of those things. Well, I'll tell you what's what's going on with her you 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 don't know what's going on with her she's overtaken by the devil you know the demons are working in people and when they yeah. man, when they manifest themselves like that 
that's that's what's happening there. You're getting demonic manifestations right before your eyes. Have yeah. do you see violence other than throwing a water? Have you seen any violence? Um, the worst we ever had was actually the first abortion mill that we were at. Um, and there was a guy that was very opposed to what we were doing and came out and just wanted to yell at us. And he didn't like that we weren't reacting to that. Um, he wanted to get into the fight. And that's where actually um, the organization says, okay, either don't do anything, and then if someone feel if you feel threatened, then they tell you to get out of there because they want to protect these students especially. Sure. That's, that's their biggest priority. That's good. That's uh, I'm glad to hear there hasn't been any violence. Well, we're here with Sophia Masick, student at Thomas Aquinas College and a member of the Crossroads Pro-Life Organization. I'm James Maletti, your fill-in host for Molly Smith on From the Median. We'll be right back after these words. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Thank you, and welcome to From the Median. I am not, indeed, Molly Smith. Molly Smith is on assignment. I am your fill-in host, James Maletti, from the Christian band The Sunrise. You can see us at www.thesunrisemusic.com, and I hope you do check that out. We've got some cool videos and our music and things like that on our website. But we're here right now on WHKW AM 1220 with Sophia Masick, student at Thomas Aquinas College and member of the Crossroads Pro-Life Organization. We've been talking to Sophia here about her uh, marches across the country, um, promoting the pro-life movement and her uh, organization, the Crossroads Pro-Life Organization. And um, Sophia, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. Well, thank you. This is, Happy to be here. Sure, it's great and so encouraging. It's just wonderful to hear you say these things. And um, uh, can you tell can you tell the listeners how is there a uh, Crossroads Pro Life chapter in Cleveland? Do you know? Um, well, it's kind of spread out all over the place because you get students flying into these walks from everywhere. So it's literally the entire country. You can find pro lifers in the organization, which is amazing. Um, I actually, while we, we were walking, I was walking through Colorado, downtown Denver, and somebody said, oh, you guys are the cro- Crossroads group, aren't you? Because I see your shirts. And we were like, okay, who are these people? <laughs> um, they had heard of the co- organization and saw the shirts and recognized us. Um, but really, it's built up all over the country. So what's a typical day, when you're on the, the road, what's a typical day like? Well, first of all, we wake up, um, and this can be from anywhere between, like, 4.30 and 7, although usually it's not at 7. Um, and we say we, we find a daily mass, so that's our first priority. Um, sometimes the drive is really long between, like, an hour and an hour and a half to go find um, a daily mass from where we are. But part of our mission is just prayer. That's a huge part of our mission, and to be able to start the day off with the sacraments are, is just amazing. Um, so that's our first priority. And then after we get to a Mass, we try to go as early as possible. We come out of Mass and we say morning prayer together. Um, and then we go off and start from where we stopped walking. So that's, that's at least the first chunk of our day. And we break into two shifts. 
Um, we have a morning to an afternoon shift and then an afternoon to an evening shift. Um, and the first group walks until about 3 in the afternoon. Um, they get some breakfast in the RV beforehand right after morning prayer and then goes out and walks. Um, they eat lunch on the road. And then we have another shift that comes in and takes their place at about 3, 3.30 and walk, and they walk until sundown. And then you go back to the RV and... Usually you go to the grocery store sometime in there, so you're wearing your pro-life shirts. If you need gas, you go to a gas station, um, and then you go back to the RV park that the other group has found, and you eat dinner at about 10 o'clock at night, um, 10, sometimes 11, and hopefully you get dead bed before midnight. <laughs> Who funds this? Um, it's actually funded by donors all across the U.S., but usually we get our main funding from parishes from Catholic parishes, which we talk at, actually, on sun Saturdays and Sundays. So you have, and I'm sure you have that coordinated beforehand, is that right? You have the, the churches that you're going to visit on the way already yeah, planned out? That's, um that's the one reason why we actually have to have a schedule for the weekends, because we have to tell parishes, when they set this up during the year, you have to tell the parishes, okay, we're going to be here on this date for you. To, and we go to, um, I was at maybe five Masses on Sunday before. Um, sometimes you have to be at least standing outside of them at ten Masses on Sunday. Um, and we sometimes will cover up to eight or nine parishes per weekend, depending on how many parishes there are in the area and how many want us to come talk. Right. Wow. That's really something. Can you? What's your website? Um, it's crossroadsprolife.org, so www.crossroadsprolife.org. C R O S S R O A D S dot org. That's crossroadsprolife.org. Sorry. Okay, great. And people can join up anybody that wants to. Do they have to be Catholic? Um, no, you do not have to be Catholic to go on the organization. Um, you are required to be pro life. Um, you actually have to turn in an application, and that has to do with um, they've had people apply just for the reason of going to see um, the U.S. Um, one girl who <laughs> you get tourists that want to walk with you. Yeah, exactly. One girl actually got in because she asked a friend of hers who is pro-life to fill out her application. Um, and don't ask me why she did it, but she did it. And she wasn't Catholic and she wasn't pro-life. She got in, and by the end of the summer, she was both Catholic and pro-life. Wow. So before you hit the road, do you have education for people on how to conduct themselves and things to say and things to not say? Yeah, at the beginning, um, so May 18th, you actually have a training session that lasts for about three days. You go over the rules, what, it is, what is expected of you, how to treat people, just a lot of the basics. Um, they also go through things like just how to deal with your teammates because you're with these people that you didn't grow up with and didn't know beforehand 24-7 for three months. Um, and that's hard. I think that's probably one of the hardest things on Crossroads is having no personal space. There's not very much personal space in a six-person RV where you've got 12 or 14 people. Sure. And so. are, are there, you guys are all young out on the road. Is there like a older person kind of supervising this or no? Um, you have a team leader, and the team leader is required to be at least 21 years of age. Um, That's still but, pretty darn young. Yeah. So pretty much you're functioning as a group, and you're functioning with younger people generally. So that's really something. I, I'm really amazed by this. Well, give the people again your information and how how they can contact you to join up. 
Um, if you want to go to the Crossroads website, it's www.crossroadsprolife.org with no uppercases. Um, and I would actually encourage you to do that because you can see the profiles of all who all the people who walk. So if you get on there, you can go and look in, at my profile if you want. Get a face for the name. Very good. Yes, we're here with Sophia Masick, a student at Thomas Aquinas College, and we're discussing the Crossroads Pro-Life Organization. And um, Sophia, you said uh, you guys pray the rosary, and I wanted to bring something up that I feel is real important. I do this in love. But Matthew 6, 7 says, when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, for when they think that they shall be heard, but for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. And I, I found that prayer specifically for specific things works really well. That if you pray for a specific woman or a specific uh, doctor to change their lives or, you know, specific things like that, it can work really well. And there is biblical evidence that sometimes doing the rosary might not be the best thing to do, but praying specifically for the people in specific situations for specific things to occur is really, really powerful. So I want to bring that up to you. In a way, I think that's really true. But, um, again, you see the repetition is repetition can be said in two different ways. Um, one way is just that it becomes so repetitive that you don't care about it anymore. You don't see, you don't see past what you're saying. Um, and the rosary is actually meant specifically to bring a deeper meaning to what you're praying and how you're praying and how you're connecting. Um, and that I think that's such an important thing for me. Um, the rosary is just, it's an amazing way of bringing you closer because it brings you in deeper. Um, but I think you're right in some ways because you can have, you could have a person who doesn't say or who says the rosary um, and just says it in repetition. Um, they get nothing out, nothing out of it but the repetition. Um, but that's, that's clearly where you, you're not, wanna, not wanting to be. Um, but you want to go deeper than you that you want to understand what you're saying and you want to apply that in every case. Absolutely. Well, that, don't say I'm right. It's I'm just giving you the Bible verse, Matthew six, seven, <laughs> but when you pray, yeah. use not vain repetitions. You know, it's, it's not up to us to say, well, the Bible's kind of right here and there. We've got to follow the Bible strongly all the time. And, uh, I agree. so that's, that's really important. I just wanted yeah. to bring that up. Yeah. I would say the key word there is vain. Um, Obviously, you don't want to use vain repetition, but repetition used in a non-vain way um, is a very good thing. Very good. Um, so do you feel like your life's been changed because of this? I would say it has very much been changed. Um, the biggest thing for me was actually going out and living my life in something that I believed in and for um, and doing it with everything that I could do it with. Um, so I went out, and this is this was the only thing that I was concerned about in some ways while I was there. Um, but I wanted to perfect it in everything that I do, not just when I feel like showing up at an abortion clinic or when I feel like putting on a pro-life T-shirt or when I feel like going to Mass. I wanted it to be the way I lived, um, and I wanted to make that a witness to the world. Do you go to abortion clinics when you're not on a walk to... You know, yes, protest I do. or march up and down? Yes, I do. Um, I started doing this with my family when I was young, and now I'm at college and I'm doing it here with a 40 Days for Life group. We have a group of students on campus that go every week to the abortion clinic. 
um, and the abortion mills, and we'd go pray outside and counsel, um, and so I participate in that, as well as Justice for All, um, which is a program that goes onto college campuses and goes to go discuss it with other college students, so people who don't disagree with you, but that's focused on the discussion part and what, you, what can you get other people to see in light of it and what do other people think. Well, this is just fabulous. That's, I'm so glad that you said that. Um, and if I think there's a lot of people that don't, well, I, I know for a fact there are a lot of people that don't go out in front of abortion mills. And it's, I think, mostly because they're scared. They, A, don't know what to do. B, don't want to get yelled at. C, don't want to go to jail. You know, there's all kinds of fear about doing that. So how, what would you say to somebody that's thinking about not even going on the walk, but just separately in their own lives thinking, you know, I would really love to go down and make my voice heard at one of these bloody abortion mills. What would you tell them? Um, I would tell them to trust in God um, because you can touch someone by just being there. You don't have to be the person counseling. You don't have to be the person handing out pamphlets. Um, but even if you're just there protesting, you don't have to say anything at all. It can make the difference between life and death for a baby. Um, and it can also make the difference of a mother, of a mother feeling loved and cared for. Um, and I think that's huge. And I think a lot of times in the pro-life movement, you feel alone, like I said before, and you feel like you're by yourself. You're standing there by yourself. Um, but it's just, and you don't get to see the results. That's the hard part. That's one of the main things that I think is the hardest thing in the world, is that in our society, we always do things for winning the trophy or winning the final game. But in the pro-life movement, it's a continual movement and you're working towards something, and you don't get to see results very often. Um, and when you do, generally, it's the people who come before you, which is inspiring, but it's hard when you're not seeing the results of what you're doing. Um, so I would just say it's hard like anything else in what, whatever you want to do. It's something you have to try it, and a good place to start is just to show up. I know that um, at abortion mills, generally, I've at least heard the statistics that it was something huge, like 85% of women won't even go into an abortion clinic if somebody's just standing outside. Sophia, we're here with Sophia Masick, a student at Thomas Aquinas College, and she's discussing the pro-life movement in general and her involvement in the Crossroads Pro-Life Organization. I'm your fill-in host for Molly Smith, James Maletti, and we're here on WHKW AM 1220, The Word. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to AM 1220 The Word, or 1440 The Word, in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm here uh, as your fill-in host for Molly Smith, James Maletti. I play in the Christian band The Sunrise. And uh, I'm here with Sophia Masick, student at Thomas Aquinas College, and we're talking to her about the Crossroads Pro-Life Organization. And it's a real pleasure to have you here, Sophie. You're giving me hope for the world. Well, thank you very much, James. <laughs> it's fabulous going over this stuff. Really, I, I, if you could see me sitting here, you'd see a, a grin from ear to ear. It's just wonderful. And I, I've said it before, but I have to say it again. Older, uh, Some of the older generation thinks the youth is just absolutely lost, hopeless, lost, um, desperate, and you, you're turning that theory on its ear. How come you think uh, – this is a really interesting question I'd love to know your opinion about. How come the pro-life movement right now involves so many young people? 
I would say because it's the younger generations who are realizing that in order to um, to to do what society says, which is really believe in something, that you have to act for that. Um, you see it being handed down to, um, like, for instance, my, my family, I'm one of nine children. Um, all of my siblings are pro-life, um, and they see the need to at least go stand outside those abortion clinics, go talk to people about what you believe in, um, and just witness to how you live your life, that you live your life in a good way, that you have... Um, that you have a goal in mind and that you're looking for Christ in all things and in all people. So do you think this comes from biblical inspiration? Are you basing your pro-life beliefs on what the Bible says? And there are so many passages, you know, that are clear that abortion is a, a disaster, a monstrous disaster. Do you base it on what you see from um, ultrasounds or from the Bible or from a combination of all of it? Um, I guess in a lot of ways, when I first started going to abortion clinics and when my parents first started about talking to me about the pro-life cause and what an abortion is, um, that you do take it on faith of your parents, like any child takes anything on faith. Um, but as you grow older, I think the strongest argument um, against abortion is just to educate yourself, really to go look and see what science claims to say. Um, because quite honestly, in our culture, before this point, they've always believed that, believed that life begins at conception. Um, and it's really ironic, actually, because as our technology gets greater and greater and you can save a life at such a young age, you can also kill that, age, kill that life at a greater and greater age, farther from conception. Um, and to me, I guess my confirming, my confirming story was my mom miscarried um, a little girl who we named Gianna, um, and... She was three months old at that point, and um, I got to see her, um, and I could see her toenails, her fingernails. I could see her face. I could tell that she was a girl, um, and I was pretty little at that point, but for someone to say that's not my sister would be um, really horrific to me. Well, I'll tell you like, what. It was so clear. Sure, absolutely. I think that's why the youth is so strongly pro-life right now is because simple Science will tell you. I mean, you can look at ultrasounds and see what's going on, and you yeah. uh, you can't deny it. And what's interesting is when you witness to atheists in general, you know, if, if you're witnessing to atheists, not necessarily about pro-life, but about, you know, just they need some faith in God and Jesus to begin with, They their first uh, uh, argument back to you is, I need proof, I need proof. And yet yeah. when they're faced with direct proof, here's the proof that this baby feels pain, this fetus uh, you know, little baby, preborn baby feels pain. Here's the proof, scientific proof. It's already there. There's proof after proof that 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 you know life begins at conception. There is no question about it. And yet, these same bitter atheists—I call them now lately militant atheists—that yeah. that say I need proof. When they're faced with proof, they still deny it. Yeah. I think it's um, very similar to in the way when Christ would perform miracles. There were some people who would deny that. Um, and he would give them proof of it. He would do it in front of them, and they would, yet they would still deny what he was doing. Um, and now in co our culture, like now that we can actually see it, you can see it on the ultrasound, we want to deny it. Yet before, we would believe. Um, and I think that's so, uh, so against who we are as human beings and against using our God-given senses that really tell you something. And if you just look for it in the world, then... 
Um, I think you educate yourself, you go and try and find out what the truth is, you're not concerned with what the culture says, then you will find out that those are children in the womb. Absolutely. We're here with Sophia Masick, a student at Thomas Aquinas College, and we're talking about the pro-life movement in general and specifically her involvement in the Crossroads Pro-Life Organization. And uh, I am your fill-in host for Molly Smith, James Maletti, and it's a real pleasure to be here. And Sophia, we're, we're winding down a little bit, but I wanted to get to um, when the next walk is. Um, the next walk in the U.S. will be again this summer. Um, you would have to put in an application for it. Um, it'll start on May 18th, probably. It's a 12-week period. You'll be able to find the details um, at the website. And give that again. again. Uh, www.crossroadsprolife.org. Um, and I would encourage any of those people out there who are interested in what we're doing, especially the young people, it's a great way to get involved and to really live out what you believe in. Do you find more males or females, or is it a good mix of both? Usually they have a good mix of both, but it actually depends on the year. This was started by um, men, and I think there were just men on the first walk. Um, and this past year, actually, we had more girls than we had guys. So it's great to have them both there and to witness to both of them, So, um, but it really depends on the year. Have you come across any girls that have had an abortion that are now trying to fight against it? Um, I have not come across girls that I know have had an abortion. I mean, in that, that have joined your organization? Oh, that have joined the orga organization. Yeah. Um, I don't know of any, um, but sometimes people are there and they don't want to sort of share with you exactly why they're there. Um, and I found that with particular people, but usually they have a very deep reason for being there. Um, one of the most amazing things to me was the variety of people we got on this walk was outstanding. Um, we had people coming from all different backgrounds. Uh, one of the girls I walked with, she um, she had just been confirmed at Easter, so she was um, newly Catholic. Um, and then another one of the girls I walked with, um, she works in the... Um, acting industry and actually doubled for Jennifer Lawrence in the Hunger Games. <laughs> That's interesting. Have you so, got have you gotten any celebrity endorsements? We have not that I know of. You should try to you should try to find some. That would be really interesting. Yeah, that would actually be a good idea. Um well, we're here uh with Sophia Masick. As I say, we're we're winding down. Is there anything else you want to get in? I guess one thing I'd like to say is that, um, for me, this was such a life-changing experience because of um, the prayer life, to be able to get in and actually have that time to spend to God. Because when you're walking, you can talk, that's true, but there's a lot of time to really pray and reflect on your own life. Um, and I made good use of that, I believe. One of my favorite prayers was um, the Jesus prayer. It's called, um, it's Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, and you're supposed to actually breathe in with the first part and breathe out with the second part. Um, and in that way, I think, in some ways, I was living a prayer during this walk, which was just an amazing experience. I hope you're reading your Bible, too. That's a great opportunity to read your yeah. Bible, both both personally and with people. Yeah, uh, you was, know, when you read it with each other, there's real power in that. Yeah, we, we definitely did that every day. That was part of our morning prayers and evening prayers, was we read the Bible. That's great. 
That's great. Well, um, if there is uh, anything you want to tell people about getting involved in the organization, what would you direct them to do? Um, I would direct them to look up our website again. Um, I think that's really important. And just contact the organization, even if you don't know that's what you really want to do, and then pray about it. I think there are very specific people who are called to do this kind of a work, um, but the only way you're really going to know is if you pray about it and discern what God's will is for you. That's great. That's great advice. What What do you find the hardest part about the Crossroads organization is? Um, I would say the hardest thing is living with that many people that you didn't know beforehand in the personal, it without any personal space. It's it's really trying and just to not have any time really to be on your own, at least without people there, um, is a hard thing to do. Um, but you get to know these people so well and you get to be, to make really, really good friends and friends that will last you a lifetime. And I was just going to ask you if they became lasting friends. Yeah, they, they really did. And, you know, just, I mean, spending that amount of time with them, you get to know someone, and, yeah, you see all their faults, but really when you know someone and you love them for being that, pers- that person, you love them in spite of those faults. And you have to know them to really love that person. So, Right. That's fabulous. I'm really proud of you. I'm proud of your organization. I'm proud of all the people that have gotten involved. And please keep doing what you're doing. Um, when you feel down, always just break open the Bible. You'll be amazed. And you already know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But you'll be amazed how the Bible speaks to us. And that's God's word. And God can communicate his word through the Bible. So if you're feeling down or if anybody out there is feeling down about us feeling alone in their walk with God, open the Bible and you'll be amazed. Uh, we're 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 done with our show with Sophia Masick, student at Thomas Aquinas College. We've been talking about the Crossroads Pro-Life Organization. Sophia, thank you so much for being here. And um, From the Median is sponsored by the Cleveland Right to Life organization and is listener-supported. And if you want to visit www.fromthemedian.org, please do, and they can give you further opportunities. And uh, I am your fill-in host for Molly Smith, James Maletti. God bless you all. Median is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is listener supported. Visit our website, fromthemedian.org, for further information or to make a donation to continue to make this radio program possible. Email us, radionews at clevelandrighttolife.org, or call 216 661 3000. Through our FromTheMedian.org website, you can purchase CDs of our previous symposiums, learn how you can place a truth booth at your school or church, and stay abreast of upcoming events. Tune in tomorrow night at 9 p.m. to From the Median, only on AM 1220 The Word, as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life.